morning, everybody. Why don't we just lift up our hands into the supernatural here this morning? Father, we thank you right now. We just pray your kingdom come, your will be done here today on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you for a powerful, transformational day, Lord, for the glory of God as you shift us into the next half of this year, Lord. Father, as we look towards 2020, God, we just give you glory and honor and praise. Amen. Let's just thank the King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, come on. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God. Amen. How many love and appreciate Pastor Paul and Juana? Let's thank God for them. Gifts to the body of Christ. And uh, have, have admired him from afar. And then we got to... Um, uh, meet each other, really a divine connection, about eight years ago, around, around this time, and then a few uh, days later, we were actually on a worship team together, just the two of us, so God does divine appointments, divine connections for the glory of God. So how many are ready for more? Everybody say more. My, my friend Steve Fleming, he pastors a church in Kitchener, he says, you know, I just want more, and people say, what do you mean by more? He said, well, whatever you're describing and it's good from God, I just want more. Amen. God is a good God. And uh, we, oh, I didn't mention this first service as far as showing it, but we have some material. And please forgive us, it looks pretty pathetic. We were cleared out last uh, weekend and really didn't replenish it. So, but there is some books out. This is uh, one um, that I wrote called Alive in Christ, The Daily Journey. It's hot. You can get ignited by it, by the fire of God. Amen. And so we're pumped about that. And I want to encourage you tonight bring people out, tell them there are free burgers at a church. All right? They say, you know, burgers in church, free, it'll boggle them. They'll already come in with, you know, thinking, what, this, we got to go. Amen? Or just do what Amy Simple McPherson did. She uh, started her ministry in a little town called Mount Forest, where we, lit, we pastored nearby there for 14 years. Amy would just stand there and point at the sky, you know? And then people would come and look around her, you know, and that you say, was that much of a sign? Well, she was becoming a sign. It wasn't a trance or anything like that. She would just do that. And everybody would gather around a big crowd, and then she'd say, come follow me. And then she'd lead them to church, and then she'd preach Christ to them. we got to get radical in our evangelism. Amen. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I won't keep you here long this morning. Actually, it's, a, it's slightly noon. I'll have you out by 3.30. Amen. So my wife and I lead the ministry C2C Evangelistic Association, and uh, God has given us assignment to go from coast to coast, and I'm going to share really tonight, just proclaim tonight, the dominion of Canada and the breakthrough that God has planned for our nation. And I want you to know there has been a few voices that have said that there is a revival, or I'm going to call it an awakening. An awakening begins in the ch church, what we call a revival or a renewal, but then it has to break out of that into awakening in society. It has to transform our nation. And Canada has not, not had an awakening from coast to coast yet. Somebody say yet. The America's had two great awakenings. We have not had one yet. But how many know our time is now? The time is now. Not just our time. The time is now. And, and, and Canada is really called to bring healing of nations. So I won't get too much into it right now. But tonight I want to release that. Just the breakthrough for Canada. Because God has good things. God has a plan for Canada. He has a plan for Toronto. He has a plan for this church. And he has a plan for you. Amen. 
And so we thank God for that, and we receive everything that he has. Now, now God wants you to be contagious. Tell your neighbor or ask your neighbor, are you marked by God? Go ahead and ask them. Say, are you marked by God? And then ask them this, are you contagious? People get worried about contagious diseases, but we want you to be a contagious Christian that when people get around you, they catch something. Everybody say, they catch something. And it's not a cold. We, when we pastored, just by example, our, our staff, they wouldn't say, you know, I'm catching a cold. They would say, I'm catching a healing. Amen. We don't want to catch colds. Amen. You want to catch healings. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm gonna, we're going to have fun for the next few moments, and I really believe what God is, is going to do is that this is a pocket. Quarterbacks, they need to have those big people. Everybody say big people. The big people around them to block them, and it's called a pocket. And in that pocket, they only have it for a few moments, but they, they can, a good quarterback can see the plays that are about to happen and launch into it. God, by his spirit, God, by his prophetic plan right now, has created a pocket for all of us here so that you will see what you have not saw before. You will hear what you have not heard before in your heart by the spirit of the living God, because God wants to bring us to another level. Amen. You, are, you have now boarded the plane to awakening. Amen. And our destination is see, seeing a nation changed for the glory of God. God launched us in to full-time evangelistic ministry um, about five years ago. But before that, a lot of shaking was taking place in my life. How many know a whole lot of shaking was going on? And what happens is God will allow things to cause you to be uncomfortable. Now, I'm not talking stuff that he saved us from, like sickness and those type of things, fear. But it's, it's like he, he, he allows things to happen so that we can go on to another level. So I was, actually it was five, six years ago, this very weekend, we used to give our Canada Day weekends, Dominion Day weekends to the Lord. We would have a fire conference this weekend for about three or four years, and we had Stacy Campbell with us, and she was teaching on the, on the Saturday morning, and she stopped, and she said, Brent, you're called to be a voice to Canada and to raise up a hundred other voices. And I'm thinking like, you know, just Stacy, just keep preaching. Amen. Just leave me alone here. We're, we're having fun in the church, and we got a lot of money saved up, and we're very comfortable. And let, let's just have, uh, you'll, it, Pastor, oh, actually I won't say, we're supposed to keep guest speakers hidden. There's going to be a speaker that I know of in some church in the distant future. Amen. That might be coming somewhere around here. Amen. But he's our spiritual father, Rick Shimatero. He always does this. If you he can't hear it, he, 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 and, he, and if he really gets a good point, he goes double. Amen? All right. And then he dances a bit. But anyhow, I'm going to lose my point. Oh, so Stacy said that. She said this word. And so I just kept going on. Then my wife and I were part of a tour in Israel called, it was a God TV tour. We were part of the Canadian regime on the bus, the Canadian uh, bus, right, honey? And uh, I was up. We, we were a part of the Cry Israel, which was broadcast live, a potential about half a billion households. And I went up there to pray, you know, and I was praying about John the Baptist being a voice in the wilderness, because we were right in the middle of the wilderness in Israel doing this radical prayer meeting with, uh, and there was a bunch of bedouin tents around. Anybody know what that is? It's like 30 or 40 people sleep under this big tent. 
Brand new experience for this Canadian boy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And so anyways, I was up there. All of a sudden, this guy named Lou Ingle grabbed me by the arm, and he pulls me, after I prayed, that is, and he pulled me to the back of the stage. And usually, I've, I've been around the cry for a while in events like that, and usually if they tap you or we pull you, usually you either pray too long or something, thought, oh boy, what happened here? And Lou Ingle, if you know who Hulk Hogan is, Lou Ingle is like a spirit-filled Hulk Hogan. He just rocks like this, and his voice is very deep. He says, who are you? And I said, well, and I had my little name tag. I said, Lou, it's Brent. You know, I met you, you know, I met, I, I met him four months ago, or four months previous to that in, right here in Toronto. And, uh, and he didn't remember that. But anyhow, he said, he said, you're called to preach to Canada and to raise up other preachers. And I thought, here comes that word again. You know, you're you're thinking, wow, this thing is really, really good. And when I came back from Israel, we came back from Israel, it was shaken. Now, my wife was aware a year ahead of time before we moved that we were supposed to move. And I finally caught up. Glory to God. So we launched into full-time evangelistic ministry to crisscross this nation like a torchbearer, like a special trooper on assignment that's dropped into a nation, a missionary to the nation of Canada, an evangelist to the nation of Canada, a revivalist to the nation of Canada. We're so used to sending people overseas when how many know Canada needs to be saved? Amen. And I believe that Canada shall be saved. Glory to God. And so just a little ordure there, amen, this is just the appetizer, but we've had the privilege of speaking in about 20 different denominations and fellowships, including Anglican and United. Do you change what you do? I don't change a thing, amen, I don't change anything, just be who I am, we go in and let God blow up through us. But this one United Church we went to, um, they, they did a Christmas gathering, Pastor Paul, and uh, it was a banquet, and the youngest person there was 60 years old. And it went north from there, and, and there's, there's no music. I walk in there. We had one, I think Sammy, he was just a little guy at the time. So we walk in there, and people got their arms crossed. And I think, oh, Lord, this is going to be like, you know, drilling through cement, you know. I thought, we're in for a rough one. Glory to God. And they had called Shawnee about a week before and said, you know, uh, we want to let you know what the theme is. The theme is, Lord, let your glory fall. And so Shawnee said, well, what if that happens? You know, like, we're saying these themes, what if God does that? So I went up there and I said, how many have heard of our television ministry? Nobody puts up their hand. I said, because we don't have one. You know, so I said, but our key has always been miracles. And so this guy, you'll remember this, honey, he came in, crippled man in, his, in one of his legs. He was 84 years old, sitting in the front row. God instantly healed him. He got up and he began to walk around, no longer crippled for the glory of God. All of a sudden, the crossed arms went down. Somebody shout, hallelujah! And then, and then they wanted us to pray for people. And so we... we you know, they didn't have catchers. This is the United Church, you know. Maybe some do. This one definitely didn't. And so they wanted us to pray for people. So this lady came up and said, you know, now Pastor, or whatever she called, Pastor Brent is now going to pray for people in the other room, you know. It's kind of something they did behind the other room, you know. And I thought, Lord, you know, because she still couldn't tell. They were very excited. Their face just hadn't got the memo yet. So they moved to the other room. I mean, probably three quarters of them, if not 80%. And all Shawnee heard was fire, thump, fire, thump. I mean, no catchers, fire gods hitting the place. How many know, you know, did anybody get hurt? No, of course not. People got ignited. And then the little pretty lady, 80 years old, she came out. 
<laughs> she came out, tucked her blue hair there, and said, we are now going to have our meal. <laughs> There's been some good times. Hallelujah. Another one was an Anglican church right here in the city of Toronto. And so I went there. It was held in a Roman Catholic church. The Catholic priest was in the front row alongside of the Anglican priest. These are good times, you know. And so right here in, in Canada. And so what happened was I preached on the new covenant blessings in Christ, the New Testament blessings in Christ. Made it very clear, gave a salvation call. I'm telling you, probably half the people shot up their hand like popcorn. And I need to get saved. And I thought, I must have have said like they made a mistake this morning or they had a bad thought go through their mind. No, because all of us, if you've ever had a bad thought go through your mind the last week, raise your hand. I mean, some of these altar calls, they make everybody feel like you're unsaved, right? But I didn't do that. I was very clear. So then I made it even clearer. More people put up their hands, including the Anglican priest and the Catholic priest. <laughs> Glory to God. So the, the, the dear, bro, dear brother, he came up to me and said, he'd been in ministry 10 years. He said, I feel like I'm just starting today. I said, you are. Born again now, leading people the right way. Amen. So God gave us an assignment to see, at this point, this is the first assignment, see 10,000 believers ignited with the fire of God. And I thought this is going to take a while, but within 18 months, we had, we had and because he said, he said, you know, whether you're ministering or serving at that church for one service or for five services, during one of the services, lay hands on every single person who wants to be filled and ignited with the fire of God. And so what happened was, within a short time of 18 months after we were given that assignment, we've seen 3,000 people ignited with the fire of God right here in the nation of Canada. And I believe God is striking a match in every city, town, hamlet, and village. How many are ready to get yours? Amen. God does not want us broke, busted, and disgusted. God has come to give us life in abundance to the full till it overflows. Glory to God. He's a good God, and his loving kindness is better than life. Hallelujah. All right, I better get to here. Say, are you marked? It says here in Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 3. It says here, Actually, sorry, I'll start at verse 2. Six men appeared from the upper gate that faces north, each carrying a deadly weapon in their hand. With them, a man was dressed in linen who carried a writer's case at his side. They all went into the temple courtyard and stood beside the bronze altar. Then the glory of the Lord of Israel rose up between the cherubim where it had rested and moved to the entrance of the temple. And the Lord called the man dressed in linen who was carrying the writer's case, he said to them, walk through the streets of Jerusalem. So we could say today, walk through the streets of Willowdale. Walk through the aisles of Willowdale Community Christian Assembly. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. I wasn't speaking in tongues there. Amen. And he said to them, walk through the streets of Toronto and put a mark on the foreheads Of all those who weep and sigh because of the detestable sins that are being committed in that city. And so this is not a bad mark. This was a good mark. The man in linen, the righteous man, put a mark on those who wept over the sins in the city. What we can say today, although we want to weep over that, sins taking place in our nation, we want to have a passion to see people saved. 
And how many know some things are not taught? How many know some things are caught? You can't teach wood to burn. you got to set it on fire. You cannot teach Christians to be ignited by the fire of God, at least with some kind of result. It's something that's got to be caught. And so growing up, I shouldn't say growing up, when I first got really ignited by the fire of God, it, it, it changed everything about my evangelism and my passion for souls. I used to, when I was in university, I would take these tracks and I would, you know those paper tracks? I would tape them to my, the dormitory doors of my friends and then I would run. I was a secret agent, but they got the witness. But then once I got filled with the Holy Spirit, it was a whole different story. I started getting these different prophecies, you know. They're going to say, you know, this one prophecy came and said, they're going to say, you've been hanging out with the weirdo too long, you know. And I thought, well, who's the weirdo? Which one of my friends is the weirdo? You know, are you the weirdo, right? Anyways, all these kind of different words came out. How many of you, when you're hungry for God, it's like a catcher's mitt for, for Jesus' activity? Jesus' blessing, Jesus' life. Is anybody here this morning? Hallelujah. Jesus' favor, Jesus' goodness in your life. You become like a catcher's mitt for the glory of God. Because the blessing of God is much greater than the blessings of God. The touch of God on your life, the anointing of God is God's special touch for his special task. And each one of us here has an assignment from God. And God wants to mark the marketplace for his glory. He wants to see transformation and change. And he hasn't got another option. You are the plan. You are plan A. But he has not left us without an encounter. He gives every person he ever walks with an experience. And they can do whatever they want to you. They can push you. They can squeeze you. It's like a $100 bill. Actually, maybe we'll grab that $100 bill. Amen. If you take a $100 bill, I could crush it. I won't rip it, but I, I could crush it, right? I could do all kinds of things with it, pull it apart, but you know what? It still has the value of a $100 bill because that's what it's been made to be. Amen. And for those that think I'm giving it away, I'm not. I support three needy children in Canada, my own. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so... So it's the same with you. You are a new creation. If you are born again, you are a new creation in Christ. And persecution, whatever can come, and whatever else can come, but you still are a child of God. Amen. So God wants to just ignite a passion inside of us. Now, I want to just share here what's taking place right now. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 says this. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, number one, teaching in the synagogues, and number two, preaching the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. So Jesus' kingdom, what he began to do, he, he was teaching, and then he was preaching, and then he began to heal the sick. So tonight we're going we're gonna to see God heal the sick. And as a matter of fact, he's also equipped us because you know, he wants the whole body. It can't just be somebody. It's got to be the whole body that's operating in the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is go and make disciples of all nations. You know, but it's also lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's also they shall speak with new tongues. 
So we will see, God will show us a demonstration of his spirit, signs and wonders and miracles. And you know what? He equips others to do the same. He ignites you to do the same. And it sometimes begins, the first person I ever laid hands on to get healed was my mom. Mom had a headache and she knew I was ignited. Hallelujah. She said, she says, Brent, she says, come and pray for me. And I had been watching some preachers on television. I could have just prayed for mom. It's not the volume of your voice or what you do or if you shake or not shake. I could have just said, Lord, I thank you that you touch her, you heal her in Jesus' name. But I had hurt, so I got really loud. Probably made the headache worse. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus. It sounds more spiritual, too, if you make Jesus with a long S at the end. <laughs> Jesus. Quiet now, Dad. God, shh, be quiet, Dad, right? Dad's in the room. He needs to be quiet. God can't work if it's loud. You know, we come up with all kinds of things. But you know what? All long story short, we've seen Mom healed by the power of Jesus Christ from that little headache. Amen. And so it began there. There was another time. There was another time we were, we were doing some evangelism in downtown St. Catharines. And I used to go out with this guy, Kenny Bush. Kenny Bush was six foot nine. He used to be the toughest guy in St. Catharines. Some guy in the back row, you know, he's got a big cut over his eye. I remember Kenny, you know. But anyways, Kenny used to be the toughest guy in St. Catharines. Then he got saved. So I used to partner up with Kenny. Kenny was a little bit of a radical. He'd go to a food court, and I'm not telling you to do this. Amen. I'm not telling you to do this. He did this. He would go to a food court, stand up on the table, and start preaching. Very unique, brother. But who's going to take down Kenny? Six foot nine and tough. You know, they don't know. I mean, he might not be fully saved. You know, <laughs> they don't know. Anyways, him and I went into this thing. It was called Have a Java right down on St. Paul Street, I believe it was called, right downtown St. Catharines. We just walked in. We were going to do some witnessing. It was, it was a cafe. We walked in, and he says, are you ready? I said, ready for what? He gets in there. Everybody knows, everybody knows Ken. He gets in there. Hey, everybody. And they all listen. My friend's got something to say to you. And then he sits down. So I'm left there. But you know what? There was a fire inside of me, and I preached Jesus to them. Hallelujah. Right there in that Have a Java Cafe. And there was some guys that were mad. They were kicking the back of the wall. And you know what? The very guys that were angry a few weeks later were the very ones that were receptive. And the very ones that were neutral, there was no response. You know what? Three weeks later, they were still neutral. They were still like, whatever, whatever, whatever will be, will be. How many know that's not true? If I want to drink a water, it's not going to be whatever. It's going to be. I got to drink the water. Amen. Somebody say, I'm marked by God. Now, go in your Bibles to uh, Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. Thank you, Lord. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 3. It says there, so I did as he told me, and I found the potter working at his wheel, but the jar he was making did not turn out the way as, as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay and started over. And I believe there's people right here, right now, you feel like that. You feel that, you know what, it, 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 life didn't turn out the way that you hoped. And all of a sudden, it, it, you think it gets worse, there's a breaking that takes place in your life. Not using, God doesn't use tools that he saved us from, like sickness. He doesn't use that. He, he doesn't send, you know, he doesn't, he, he's a good father. He gives good gifts. 
So, so watch this. So what happens is this breaking comes and takes place, and it's not, it's not what we, we really thought it would be like. 2 Corinthians tells us that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So there's the broken jar at the beginning, but then in the end, it speaks of new creation. Now, as soon as you get saved, you are a new creation. But what happens is we are being transformed in our thinking, in, our, in all kinds of areas, we're being transformed. And so what there is, is life in between. And many believers quit in life in between. They were fired up once, but the only thing they get fired up about now is something that anybody else can get fired up at, some kind of sports event, which is fine. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But they're not fired up with the fire of God which is a whole different fire. It's still there on Monday morning. It's still there on Friday night. I don't thank God for Fridays. I thank God for every day because it's the day the Lord has made. Glory to God. So life in between, God does not want you to quit in that place. There's a process taking place. I had a prophetic word over the church this morning, and, and I've seen it a little differently in this in, in this. Um, this service here, but it's, a, it's the same word. I see like a whirlpool right here in this church, a whirlpool. And, and, and sometimes you can even do this with a, in a pool if you have enough people, if they're going a certain way and you create a whirlpool. But see, this whirlpool is not created by man. This whirlpool is created by God. And that's what's taking place here in this assembly, and it's about to erupt and explode with a breakthrough that God has placed in your heart for such a time as this. And I see the whirlpool is catching up those around you. It's catching up family members that you never thought would even be saved. It's catching those friends. And you know what? When you get into that whirlpool that started, you can try as hard as you want, but you're going with it. Glory be to God. This is a whirlpool you want to go with. So there's transformation and change. And you know what? When change takes place, a lot of people don't like change. The only people that like change is a baby with a dirty diaper. But if we don't change, we remain the same. But God changes us from glory to glory to glory. So you got to say, God, I'm ready for the more. I don't even know what that all means, but I'm ready for more. And so I want to just give you a little word here. If you are ready for a, if you want to get to the next level in your relationship with Jesus, you have to always give up something of value. Abel brought a gift to God, the best of his firstborn. Abraham, it said, God said this to him, because you've not withheld your son, your only son, whom you love, in blessing I will bless you. Joseph gave up his rights, his reputation, all the things. His, you know, he, he had dreams that God had placed in there. You know, Probably not the best time to share it or the best time to share it with, but the point was God placed something inside of him and know how, no No matter how hard life tried to hit Joseph, you put him in something, he rose to the top. You put him in a prison, he rose to the top. You you, you accuse him, you know what, boom, in a short time he's running the prison. He's running Potiphar's house. He's running all these things. And you know what, all of a sudden, you know what, he's now running the nation's second in command to Pharaoh himself. And this is not just a fairy tale, this is reality. We were believing God. This, actually, you know what? It was literally 
2005. It'd be 14 years to this day, I believe, June 30, 2005. Shawnee and I put our arms on the corner of this building, 88,000 square feet. All right? And we said, we claim this for the glory of God. We were pastoring a church, and it was packed out. We would have the kids. They would come to the front during praise and worship, and then they would be dismissed with it because there was just no room. So we needed a bigger building. And in that 88,000 square feet, 12,500 of it was already set up as a church. Okay? The Baptists, who were good friends of mine, Calvary Baptists, don't tell them this story, they paid $10,000 a month to, to rent that space. So we claimed this building, and I was supposed to meet with this guy who owned the building, and he was a real shrewd businessman. A dollar in his pocket was better than a dollar in your pocket, okay? So he cancels the meeting. He didn't show up. And I, I, you know what, though? I had had a dream he was going to cancel the meeting. And so he canceled the meeting. And so we go away on holidays. We come back. I had a phone call from my assistant and said, you know what, so-and-so was called. He wants you to call him. So he called me back. And so I called him back, and he said, you know what, I'm sorry I I missed that meeting. Can you come out to my home? So I go to his home. He's got like a three-car garage. This guy was worth $34 million. So he says, says, come back to my room. So here's this man that was once 240 pounds, great big arms. He He was wasted away to about 170. He had an infection in his one arm that was almost, it was something like a cancer. It wasn't cancer, but like that. Some kind of a, a bad infection. And, and the doctor, you know, had not given him a good report. So he took me to his room. His room was big, probably the size of this whole section right here. And I sat down, I, and, and, you know, we were going over the lease because we were talking about maybe leasing the building. Really just a lot of impossibilities, to be honest. The doctor called while I was there. And he said, Doc, whether I got five weeks to live or five years, I've lived a good life. So I literally, I took the lease papers, dropped them, I grabbed the family Bible that was beside the chair I was sitting in, blew it off, and I opened it up, and God said to me, use the Romans road and go hard. And I thought, oof, (laughs) how many know what the Romans road is? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then it says, you know, you know, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. So I just went hard. You know, he said, I, I had taught that at evangelism schools, but I'd never used it. I never used the Romans road. But he said it and he said, go hard. This man breaks. He gives his life to Jesus Christ. So that I completely back off of anything to do with the building. I'm interested in seeing this guy now discipled in Christ. So a month later, he brings it up again. He's, and I'll make a long story a little bit shorter. Amen. He said, he said you know what? He said that 88,000 square foot building, he says you can, you can have that space. We got it for $2,500 a month for nine months and then $3,000 after that. He says whatever you say in that building goes. You collect the rent checks from the rest of the tenants And you know what? Whatever you say goes. I felt like Joseph. Glory be to God. Amen. How many say favor isn't fair? Glory be to God forevermore. So God wants to do signs and wonders. Really quickly, Joseph gave these things up. It says about Solomon on the night that he offered a thousand burnt offerings, God came to him and said, ask what you want. What can I give you? Another one was Mary with the alabaster box. She came and gave the very best to Jesus. And Jesus says, wherever this gospel is preached, you will hear about Mary. And so it is today. And then Cornelius, he was a, 
you know, he was a man of the Italian regiment. He was an Italian stallion. Amen. Hallelujah. And so what happens with him? The angel came to him and said, I've, God has seen your, your prayers and your giving. They've come up before him as a memorial. Can you imagine that? What he did was making a memorial statement before God. He did not buy a miracle, but that prayer and that giving showed his heart, and an open heart opens a door to God. Praise God. So it came, and all of a sudden, a bunch of Italians started getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Saved, baptized in the Spirit, baptized in water. You know what, though? He gave up something of value first. And ever-increasing surrender is what takes place in our life. And just for the sake of time, it says in John chapter 11, verse 2, it says there, it was this Mary who anointed Jesus' feet with perfume and washed his feet with her hair. And so that was a little vial of perfume, not very expensive, expensive, but not a lot. Then it says in John chapter 12, verses 1 to 8, it talks there about how this Mary, this same Mary came and broke an alabaster box, a very costly box, or not the box itself, but was inside a very costly spikenard. You know what? There was a difference from her first encounter with Jesus to then. Her gift changed. Why? Because her heart became increasingly surrendered. And so it is with us. We can be born again. Yes, we're going to heaven. But the only thing warm in our life is the seat we sit on on Sunday mornings. God wants to ignite fresh fire. Hallelujah. Why don't you just raise your hands towards heaven? I'm going to ask the keyboardist just to come back. The greatest gift of all, God so loved the world that he gave up the most valuable gift. He gave up Jesus, that whosoever believes in him would have everlasting life. 